You're listening to Speak Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. A few weeks ago, my daughter had this memory verse for school. She wanted me to help her with it. And so she told me, and it said, I have put my rainbow in the clouds. And that got me thinking about the significance of rainbows and the significance of clouds. Her memory verse was from Genesis chapter 9, and that's right at the end of the flood story after the flood covers the earth and Noah and his family come out of the ark and God establishes a covenant with them and everyone to come after them. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 9, verse 18 through 16. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth that is with you, as many as come out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So God made a promise. No matter how bad things get, he has promised that he is not a God of destruction, but a God of life. He has put his rainbow in the clouds. So let's think about rainbows first, and then we'll think about clouds. The rainbow is a sign of that promise that God made. And did you notice that God said multiple times in that text that when he sees it, he'll remember? Not that God forgets, but he wants us to follow his example and remember his covenant when we see the sign, the rainbow. When we look at the rainbow, we remember God's promise. And notice also that God says, I will put my rainbow, not just a rainbow, it's personal. In Revelation chapter 4, we read about the throne of God and we see that it is encircled with a rainbow. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28, like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard the voice of one speaking. So there's something about the rainbow that makes it his. There's another insight that I picked up as I read about the rainbow in the clouds. And that's that the word used for rainbow is kashet. That's the Hebrew word. And it's the word for a warrior's bow. So the translation I normally read doesn't say I put my rainbow in the clouds. It just says I put my bow in in the clouds. And the rainbow is shaped like that, like a drawn bow ready for battle. So I've just let my mind go loose on this imagery. And I think it's saying that God is promising to be a warrior who fights for us in the clouds, right where the storms happen. He is putting a sign of protection and sovereignty. When we look to the sign of the covenant, 
we see a God of power and a promise of protection. God could have chosen any symbol he wanted to be the sign of the covenant, but in choosing the rainbow, he chose something beautiful to remind us of his promise. The rainbow, with its brilliant colors, is such a happy sight. And it's not just beautiful, it's also made even more special in that it's elusive. God could have chosen as a sign for the covenant something that's permanent and it's visible all the time. He could have made a large rock the sign of the covenant. He could have made a mountain that is seen from a far distance as the sign of the covenant. He could have put another star in the sky. God could have made a new species as the sign of the covenant. He could have made a new tree and planted it on every continent and said, this is my sign of the covenant. But in choosing the rainbow, he chose something that you can't grab. You can't take a sample of it. You can't go to the place where it starts. You can't capture it. You can't collect it. You can't frame it. You can't buy or sell pieces of it. You can't put it on your nightstand. I believe this is by design. Because rainbows are elusive, they're always fresh. They're always unique. So every sighting of a rainbow is special. It's a wonderful symbol of hope and faith, which also are beautiful and brilliant, but you can't capture them. You can't collect them. You can't mount them on your wall and then move on. Faith is something that must be woven into our life, and it shows up in unique and brilliant ways and when we most need it. So these have been some of my thoughts on the significance of the rainbow. But where did he put that rainbow? He put his rainbow in the clouds. That's the only place a rainbow can show up. We're all somewhat familiar with the science behind it, that it's the particles of water that allow us to see the light of the rainbow. He put his rainbow in the clouds. But rainbows and clouds are things of High contrast. Rainbows are colorful. Clouds are gray. Rainbows are a symbol of hope. Clouds are this symbol of gloom. And yet they're the only place a rainbow can show up. So there's this disputed interpretation of scripture. It's the view that rain did not fall on earth until the flood. And you'll find arguments on both sides. And there's no conclusive biblical evidence either way. But I grew up with this understanding that the first time it rained was at the flood. The Bible talks about the waters above and the waters below, and that at the flood, the atmosphere changed, and maybe that contributed to this lower lifespan. God says that men will only live 120 years afterwards. So there's this atmospheric change in the world at the flood. There are some verses that contribute to this idea. Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. The Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So I'm not arguing either way. But there's this idea that the way things were watered before was this mist, and that rain first falls at the flood. Either way, the waters of the flood were something that had never happened before. So in Genesis chapter 7, it says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. That had never happened before. So there's water coming from below and water coming from above. And it's like 
the reverse of creation. At creation, it says that God separated the waters from above from the waters below. And now at the flood, it's as though those things are being let loose in chaos. I admit very freely that I don't understand all this. But just imagine with me the possibility that the flood was the first time the earth saw rain. If that were the case, then God was introducing some new elements in the natural world. Clouds were new. Rainbows were new. The earth had never seen these things before. So if that's the case, then Genesis 7 is the first time anyone sees clouds. And Genesis 9 is the first time anyone sees a rainbow. So the association they would have had with clouds would have been like our gloomy idea of clouds times a whole bunch because they saw clouds as this apocalyptic symbol of destruction and chaos and judgment. Then those who were saved out of the flood would have seen the rainbow as this beautiful relief, this hope and victory. And then the irony is that this beautiful symbol is placed in the very symbol of the storm. God embeds the sign of the promise in the place of destruction. He chose to communicate hope in the context of sin. He put his rainbow in the clouds. What a God! He can do it however he wants. But he did not design the rainbow to appear when the sky was clear. Just like he does not call us to a place of perfection, of getting it all together and cleaning up our mess before we can catch a glimpse of his hope. He brings the beauty of hope right into our mess and brokenness. He has put his rainbow in the clouds. I've heard people say that life isn't all rainbows and unicorns. That's true. Life is rainbows and clouds. Life is promise and destruction. It's hope and despair. It's beauty and it's pain. And God has chosen to implant his promise right in the places of our greatest brokenness. Our lives have some clouds. We've gone through some storms, and we know there are more storms to come. And just like Noah and his family were kept safe in an ark, God holds us close through the storms. And then every once in a while, he gives us a special moment where we catch a glimpse of a rainbow. And God reminds us that his promises are sure. We can trust him. He has good things in store. He has put his rainbow in the clouds. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to Speak, Lord. I love doing this. I love listening for God to speak in the words of Scripture. I've also really enjoyed putting together some of these stories. And I promised a while back that I would be sharing one of those stories today. Well, I'm not quite done. I expect to have it ready to share next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient for that story. I think it'll be worth the wait.